0: You're in the right place. It's another episode of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and special guest Ben Cassidy, Safari Club International's Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs.
1: Ben Cassidy, you're like Yoda. You're like the Yoda of Safari Club. You're the one with the brains, right? Chad and Ben
0: are fresh off the 2024 SCI Convention in Nashville, and it more than lived up to
2: its hype.
1: I had a blast. The energy and the culture and the aura around that room is not normal. It's pretty I think we've got an incredible legacy.
2: It's some Nashville magic going on, some
0: Nashville Safari Club magic. Are you plugged into all the issues that face sportsmen and women in this election year? Chad and Ben are sorting it all out in this episode.
1: What should we be looking for right now as our vote comes into play in the next few months? Being sure to
2: educate yourself. Where your vote goes is a critical decision. We're not
1: really that far from the election. It just blows my mind that people would vote for that administration again. They have very strategic ways of delivering the message that aren't black and white. When really it is. It's big time black and white. The Foul
0: Life's SCI Foul Thoughts is made possible by Safari Club International, Federal Premium Black Cloud, Gator Coolers, Yukonuba, and The Provider. Here we go.
1: Were you happy with the pack luncheon at the convention?
2: Yeah, I mean, thanks to your help, man. It's a tough event. I think it's hard to get a lunch going, like, with the auction on a Saturday. I'm trying to see if we can move it to Friday instead, but... Five U.S. senators in the room, you know, raising the money that we've got to get raised. It's good.
1: Explain to the audience real quick, Ben, um, what is the difference between the SCI PAC and just money raised for sci across the board like you have a big banquet every night at the convention that has a big auction yeah that has you know money being raised is that money different than the money that is raised for that actual just the only money that goes into the pack during the convention week is that that saturday
2: lunch no so a little bit more complicated so we're the only hunting group safari club is that has a pack and a super pack so we have SciPack. pack and then we have a super pack called the Hunter Action Fund. The luncheon on Saturday was for the super pack, the Hunter Action Fund. So like you mentioned, throughout the week, we've got the big auctions that go on, all the fundraising that happens there. That money goes back to all of our operating that, that we do. Now, you know, You know, the business of our business at SCI is our advocacy. You know, that's the central piece to what we do. So that underwrites all we do there. Now, our side pack, which we raise money for through sweepstakes throughout the week during convention, that money is the money that we can use to contribute directly to pro hunting candidates and elected officials. Right. Right. And the super pack where we raise money on Saturday, that money cannot be used to give directly to campaigns, but it can be used to be spent in educating folks on who to vote for. So we use a lot of the money from the luncheon towards, you know, digital text, radio, TV ads. Like that's where we spend it saying, you know, here's the clear cut difference between candidate X and candidate Y. One supports your hunting freedom. One wants to take it away, vote for this person. Whereas PSYPAC goes, you know, directly over to um, our champions that we support.
1: So, when you say you're trying to change that, like, are you trying to get more people in the room? Are you trying to get better opportunity for more money to be raised? Why Why would you want to change the time and location?
2: Yeah, I just think that it's such a central piece to what we do. Like I said, we're the only hunting group that has a pack and a super pack in place. So it is the one mechanism that's out there that can really come from, you know, an authority like Safari Club International telling hunters who they can really, you know, support and be behind. And I really just think that that sort of, you know, event um, really could benefit from having just prime time. You know, it's a long week. There's so much that goes on. I know you want to talk about that with all the activity throughout the week. Uh, You get to Saturday, you know, you don't want to have it be just like the last thing up. You want to have that right up in the mix, especially when everyone's got this advocacy on their minds, you know, during an election year, right? So, yeah. And again, like you were super helpful, your donation, you know, the auction, like, like wildfire, not surprised by that lucky winner right there. Well, let's get that on a big stage. Let's get that earlier in the week when people are all really just getting into town and juiced up on what we're doing with the elections.
1: Yeah, I agree. I had a blast. I've been trying to explain to people the energy that's wrapped around that SCI convention of, I don't, I don't even know I guess in layman's terms, it's better than it's ever been. It's way more fun and engaging than it was in Vegas for me. I don't know if you agree, but there's something about Nashville in that part of the country that is giving new life to the SCI convention. I'm not saying that it wasn't successful in the past, but I really think that that location is what's driving these record numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean – I think we've got an incredible legacy, you know, having done it now 52 times with our annual convention and all those events that we'd had in Reno and Vegas were awesome and they're stepping stones to where we are now. But again, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like I just can't compare it just the energy and just seeing it, not just sustain, but keep going up from last year, our first year in Nashville to this year. I mean, it's awesome. And it's just makes me super excited about the fact that, you know, our CEO, Laird Hamblin, announced we're going to be sticking around Nashville. You know, you find a place that wants you there, uh, you know, you, you make that partnership. So it's incredible. I can't wait to see what we're able to do next in growing it. But, I mean, Nashville is the place to be.
1: And how long has that been guaranteed for? Do you know yet?
2: Well, I know that some of the other towns that we've been talking about going to are off the books, you know, in, in the near future. So, we've got a long-term, years-long commitment to stay put in Nashville. I just
1: don't – I understand that there are certain shows that bounce around. NRA yearly meetings bounces around at their convention from city. Um yep. There's other. ATA bounces around the archery trade show. I just don't see why you would leave Nashville. I mean, I understand that other cities might bid on it and want to bring it in for the exposure, for the hotel room bookings, for the tourism. But, I mean, with the numbers that can get to Nashville as easy as you can get to Nashville and that many hunters living within a six, seven hour drive in Nashville, there's it's just a great central point. And then you got the entertainment, you got the food, you got the… You got all of the different locations that you can hold nightly events at. I, the convention center's huge. I mean, I don't know. Are you guys outgrowing Nashville already as far as footprint goes?
2: I hope not. I mean, obviously, like we have a squeeze in our show floor. I mean, there's a long wait list at this point. The enthusiasm from last year's exhibitors to already pre-book to be back on the floor next year. I mean, it's just through the roof, like we've never seen before, had to look at the numbers multiple times, you know, just the enthusiasm that's there. But I felt, you know, it was a great space for us. We went bigger than we did last year. Um, Still didn't feel like, you know, those aisles were too, you know, jammed up that I could get to point A to point B as I wanted to. So I think that we're in a good spot. Again, it's like Nashville was just a city like, built on hospitality, you know, built on hosting. Um, Like you said, across the board, it was entertainment or food, drink, everything. I mean, it's just made to host people and people appreciate that, you know, puts them in the right mood and gets them excited. And just that energy that was around the the show floor and those auctions every night. I mean, they don't lie. I mean, (laughs) it's some Nashville magic going on, some Nashville Safari Club magic.
1: It is. Are you... Do you get time to process the, the convention for a while? I mean, I know you got to sit down and, and reboot, but things are busy right now. Another bill was introduced, I think, yesterday or the day before in California. I want to talk about this bill real quick. I'm sure you're very well aware of it, and it. I might be a little bit behind the Joneses being on the road so much, but it was the bill about paraphrasing here that you have to register your guns and pay a tax on every registered gun to the California Department of Justice every year of all existing firearms. Have you seen this bill?
2: Yeah. I mean, you just got them trying to top themselves over and over. You see it when like the 11% went through now it's getting, you know, Newsom saying, you know, what can I do next to keep building up my resume to run for president now or at any time? I mean, the amazing thing, you know, that I've seen in California though, obviously the 11% went through. That was a hard fought, but the amount of wins we've been able to rack up in California, just based off of, you know, our memberships engagement know, people don't realize it. We've got like just about one out of every 10 members of Safari club is a resident of California. I mean, you just get that off the sheer size, but there's also a built-in sportsman's culture right in the state. And obviously the most incredible bounty of natural resources. So, I mean, anything like that, that comes up, you know, I'm always going to be betting on us to be able to pull through a win just on our membership and their engagement and their expertise alone.
1: So when a bill gets introduced to the floor like that, take me through the steps that goes on now. Like these guys are, they're going after hunting big time and, and gun owners in California and all over the country. Yeah. Very important right now. Um, I just released an episode of SCI Foul Thoughts podcast here at The Foul Life with Chris Lasavita about, you know, the importance of hunters voting and how detrimental it's going to be in this coming November's campaign and election. But what are the processes like? What happens now? You, I talked about you coming fresh off convention where it's all energy. It's all fun. It's all high fives and celebration. And now you're right back in the trenches. Yeah. And these guys that are introducing these bills, it's almost like they're doing it just to keep them coming. And like you said, top themselves, get us to spend money. That's why the money raised to that CI is so important. But what is the process now on that bill? How do we see it through to try to block it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you made a great point just on, you know, your podcast with Las Evita talking about voting right that is one of you know the ways that you can be active in a democracy right is obviously having your vote heard and i think that's the all important is you know elections have consequences you got to get the right people elected in the hand that we're dealt in california is different so i think it takes a number of different tactics but it goes all back to being you know an active participant in democracy and speaking to your representatives your you know assemblyman your state senator your governor, directly with the facts. As we know on hunting issues, on conservation issues, the facts trump emotions, right? They need to. We we win on those. So, I mean, our process, I mean, it's pretty clean and simple. I mean, it's educate, activate, right? We've got a very, very active membership. I'd say that's the difference between an SCI hunter and just, you know, any other hunter is that our folks don't just see a problem, they see it and they want to do something about it. So in California, I mean, it's, giving them the details, the facts on what the bill will do and having them speak directly to their representatives and having that change. And and we've seen it work, you know, if it comes to, like I say, a trophy ban in Sacramento, killing it that way. I mean, that took some strategic conversations, but just making the connection between our grassroots, our membership, our advocates with their representatives. Turn on the light bulb, let them know that this isn't just a one way issue, that it does have repercussions for for bigger, you know, parts of life. And get them engaged and have it flipped. So, I mean, that's the simple playbook, you know, that we'll have running, you know, on this instance.
1: So, I wanted to read this. Last week, State Senator Anthony Portatino introduced a bill that would require every gun owner in the state to pay an annual fee and register each gun they own with the California Department of Justice.
2: I love to hear how that would be applied in reality out of the gate. What mechanism do they have to even pull that off? What's it going to cost the taxpayer? What position is California in to even start up another program like that right now, with where their budget is? Come on, but it's an. Let, let's see
1: how it's, it's an underlying sneaky strategy to try to get records of every gun, so then they can go to the next step of which is trying to take those guns. Yeah, it, it's obvious what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I think it gets really frustrating to gun grabbers that a Second Amendment exists, so they try to find weaselly ways to get around the Second Amendment. Like you said, just going towards the universal background check, you know, keep on trying to do that. Have everybody, you know, pinned down so they know where everything is. God
1: dang, man. It's
2: that goes into, you know, into the legal arena, too. You know, you'll have folks on our side ready to just pounce on that.
1: So there's already laws in California. You mentioned uh, the 11 percent, quote unquote, syntax. Is it in the books now that you can only purchase one gun per year per resident? that was a bill that was trying to be passed into california one gun purchase i believe
2: not that i'm aware of but i'm not, I, I can't speak to that
1: yeah and it's okay if you can i i need to get some more details on that but my point is ben cassidy is that this is happening day after day you're seeing new bills uh, you're taking notes right now you going to look into that one too Always. um Every single day we're seeing these bills come into effect. You hear our president at the time right now talk about gun and gun ownership and blaming the gun owner, blaming the Second Amendment, blaming the NRA. What is going on with the mindset of the administration, in your opinion right now, Ben? Are they trying to outlaw all guns in the country? Is that their number one priority right now?
2: Well, I don't know where their priority is right now. There's so many fires burning that are self-inflicted, um, but I would say, you know, they don't hold any punches or try to hide anything on the fact that they're completely opposed to the second amendment to gun ownership. You know, there's nothing in their platform that even throws a bone towards our lifestyle. So, I mean, they're not even being, you know, quaint about it. They're trying every angle they can where we're able to throw up a block. They look for a different place to go. So it it's not working at a federal level, You know, with Congress and they go towards executive action, that's not strong enough. They go to the states, they go to the courts. I mean, that's how they've been running it since they've ever had any sort of charge over the direction of the country.
1: Where does it lie in in your mind of gun ownership right now in our country? What do we have to be worried about? I know that everybody has the mindset of like, come and take them. But are there worries right now, Ben? Are there stuff that we need to be heavily, heavily concerned about? I shouldn't say the word stuff. Are there, uh, is there a, are there agendas that we need to be heavily, heavily worried about that can gain momentum and they can build on these that could really affect the Second Amendment, the Constitution, yeah, I mean, the gun owners of America?
2: You go back to just any of these state level bills that are going through. I mean, it, that's just like death by a thousand cuts. Like in California, they found a, a way to pass this syntax, 11 percent. It doesn't become just a California problem after that. It becomes a Maryland problem and a New York problem and an Illinois problem because they all copy these because they've seen that it was successful in one place. So then you see it spread over. And that's when you start seeing, you know, a federal legislature, you know, look at taking it up. Well, all these states have it in place. We should do it federally and have it all in unison. So I think that really... The issue is staying vigilant, staying educated, staying active on the issues and knowing that, you know, a single little fire can turn into a big one if you're not proactive with it. So I think that it's being able to, yeah, fight in your backyard. And I think, you know, with SCI, our members, you know, see that really clearly. Like we've got a grassroots platform, the Hunter Action Advocacy Center, um, that I think is the gold standard for action centers for grassroots tools in our community. And the most active campaigns that we have, you know, education campaigns, activation campaigns are around backyard issues. You know, when, when some, we see something happening early on in California, you know, we'll get the facts. We'll send the facts out so people know and then give direction on where to or how to take action. And so when we have those issues, I mean, they go like wildfire because our people understand, you know, that those problems in your backyard become problems in your neighbor's backyard and then beyond. So I think, you know, to your question, again, it's it's being vigilant and seeing, you know, these threats for what they are. You know, they're just they're just there to be multiplied and scaled up.
1: Wouldn't any clear-headed American understand that without – depending on no matter what side of the spectrum you lean, isn't it obvious that it's okay for them to be protected by guns and concealed carry and undercover Secret Service celebrities have – you know, bodyguards and security that are armed. Shouldn't it be obvious to most clear headed Americans what they're trying to do? Like, why isn't it obvious? Like, why do people not even like just take that right there and say they're trying to take our ability to defend ourselves? That should be enough right there to sway the vote. Yeah. In a a big way. Yeah,
2: I agree. In a big way. I mean, they're craftier about it and how they deliver their message and which fights they choose to pick. And then it's always a war of atrophy where you just get the other side to say, uh, what does it matter? Uh, this one, I'll let it go. Uh, you know, I'll focus on something else today. I mean, that's the cynical approach that they take on on their side It's just that war of atrophy.
1: Yeah, I guess, man. I just I would think that most clear headed Americans should be able to really tell what's going on. And you read the numbers right now this early in 2024, but we're not really that far from the election. No. It just blows my mind that people would vote for that administration again after the last four years. I just I can't I can't process it.
2: You get back to the importance of say, you know, our superpacker Hunter Action Fund is being able to put that truth, that fact, that that story out there for people to consider. You know, so when they are making their decision on who to vote for at the presidential level or the federal level or the state level, they know what the facts that they're dealing with is, you know, and then they're reminded that this is, you know, more black and white than people try to make it out to be.
1: Big time. And that's why you just had your answer before was they have very strategic ways of delivering the message that aren't black and white when really it is. Yeah. It's big time black and white. So what else? is on your docket right now as you come out of 2024 convention right back in the trenches like I said before what do we need to be looking for right now as Americans as gun owners as outdoorsmen outdoors women going into this election what would you give us some advice right now of what to be looking for what are the messages that are clear does Donald Trump who is leading the Republican side right now to be the candidate are his messages clear to you Ben as an American of his support of the second amendment, his for his support to defend ourselves, his support of the NRA, his support of public land. Um, is it clear that Donald Trump is an ally to us right now? Give it what should we be looking for right now? as our vote comes into into play in the next few months?
2: Yeah. You know, I keep going back to being sure to educate yourself, you know, when you're making such an important decision, you know, where your vote goes is a critical decision. I think that, you know, There's folks like, you know, the SCI team that are professionals in the space that monitor what elected officials are doing, what bodies of Congress are doing, you know, let's say legislatures are doing so that, you know, other folks that don't have the time or bandwidth to do it don't have to. Right. So I think in, you know, figuring out, you know, the positions that different candidates have, it's looking at, you know, what we've got out there on our website, on our resources, on our social media, Um, to get a better, clear understanding. I mean, you look at like Trump, I mean, he's not running as like just a brand new candidate. He has a track record, right? Four years as president. You can clearly look back at what he delivered on, what he didn't deliver on. You know, I mean, I had the honor, privilege to serve the American people as a political appointee for Trump, working on hunting issues. And I would say, you know, what he promised was delivered on when it comes to Access, migration corridor, connectivity, um, the Great Outdoors Act with financial investments in conservation, I mean, across the board, delivered. This administration seems to be like a war on people. I mean, it directly has highlighted the disconnect between what preservation is, what conservation is. I'll steal a saying, you know, from our friend and past federal legislator of the year, Bruce Westerman, where he says, preservation is for pickles, right? You put them in a jar, you put them aside, right? Nobody can get to them. You know, conservation is dealing in reality where you're having to actively manage a resource to ensure that it has an abundance for the future as well. You know, we're on team conservation. The other side's on preservation. And I think with preservation, you have an inherent dislike for people in it, right? This shouldn't be allowed to have people on it. It needs to be kept as it was. I just don't think that that, you know, recognizes us for who we are. And I don't think it's an effective way to actually, you know, ensure that we have beautiful places and abundance of wildlife in the future. Um, But that's what we're seeing. And a lot of it, you know, goes back to access. And you talk about anyone that talks about issues on the land, whether they hunt or not, but it's all about access at the end of the day. And we've had a three-way attack on access under this administration. It's something that at SCI, you know, we said from the day that Biden came in. And we didn't try to judge him by a record he didn't have yet, but it was, hey, can you commit to not taking access away from us? And nobody that he was appointing and putting up in front of the Senate was a- that would be overseeing these issues was able to commit to just saying we're not taking access away. And then you fast forward to today, Alaska, you have millions of acres being shut down to federal access. Education wise, you got, you know, his education department shutting down hunter education access. And then his fish and wildlife service shutting down use of lead where you're getting rid of economic access. So, I mean, that's just finding every way to screw it up when it comes to access. That's just going off of somebody's records. So again, educate yourself, look into it, know what you're getting into. Both candidates have records. You know, So you're able to actually see a track record of what they have done, and that helps inform what they're going to do. I can't imagine after this first term under Biden what a second term would lead to. That's
1: what I was just going to ask you.
2: It's terrifying to think about because it's every single day a different attack coming in a different way that all adds up to the same thing, and that's crushing and shutting down our way of life, right? And we know that our way of life—and I'm talking about hunting— You know, that is an essential tool for conservation. Anybody that cares about getting out and seeing the beauty and grandeur of America and what we love most about our country, kiss it goodbye if you just start shutting down what hunting provides. Because that is the provider for what underwrites all of our conservation efforts out there. Like, that can't be taken away. And not enough people even really realize that. Even, Even great hunters, like, don't realize to just... Dump your chest a little bit. Tell your neighbors about it. You're doing more for conservation just by getting out in the field with your hunting license, with a fresh box of ammo. I mean, that's something to be proud of. That's something to report home to, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot at stake, and they're they're giving it their full effort. They're not shy about it on the other side, the folks that want to shut down hunting. And, you know, I'm just proud to be at a group like Safari Club where we're not shy about it either. You know, we will meet them head on every time in any arena that they try to take this on.
1: We're going to break here for a few commercials. I'm fired up. I appreciate y'all being here.
0: There is room for everyone in the big tent of the great outdoors.
1: Hunters and shooters and Second Amendment 2A people, I think we're all cut from the same fabric. I know that not every hunter is a Republican, but as a whole, I think we're all pretty like minded people.
0: The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts is brought to you by Safari Club International, Pecos, Benelli, and Avery Outdoors. This episode of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and Ben Cassidy will return in a moment. We'll be right back.
1: This season went by so fast. It was a different season. It was weird. The migration was slow. But all I can think about are the good times, the high fives, the smiles, and my Benelli's. I absolutely love having a Benelli by my side. I mainly shoot the Super Black Eagle 3 and 12-gauge left-handed. 26-inch barrel. I know that they have the M2 left-handed 20-gauge waiting for me in the truck when we're in the flooded timber, and I can't wait for the future to see where this SBE3 line goes. So far, the 20-gauge, the 28-gauge, and the right-handed models, you can't go wrong with Benelli. It truly is simply perfect. It is the best water-fouling duck-and-goose hunting gun on the planet. There's not a second. The Super Black Eagle 3 Series in 12-gauge, 20-gauge, and 28-gauge. I'm telling you, get one in your hands. Make sure that you can depend on your firearm. And that's exactly what Benelli is. It's totally reliable, simply perfect for the duck and goose hunter. I can't wait for next season. I'm Chad Belding with the Fowl Life Television. Thank you, Benelli.
0: Looking for a high quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level.
1: We are in innov- out of our gun safes all year round. Whether it's trap shooting, clay shooting, practicing for the upcoming duck season, our rifles, our shotguns, our muzzle loaders, our handguns, we depend on Secure It to store our firearms year round in our shops, our garages, our trailers while we're on the road. Their fast box mentality in our house gives us the advantage to protect our families, to protect our dwellings, and that's exactly what the Second Amendment is all about. It's not about showing off our gun safe. It's about being accessible and safe and that's exactly what secure it does it gives us the advantage on a daily basis i believe in secure it everything that the brand is building i can't wait for the future check them out at secureitgunstorage.com you cannot go wrong with their storage systems for all of your firearms tell them chad belding and the foul life crew sent you thank you very much the pecos mentality living off the land scouting these birds hunting them hard being ethical clean harvestable shots the calling the dog work the decoys the concealment everything that goes into it and then the butchering the processing the bounty being around a table with friends and family that's what Pecos Outdoors stands for we're honored to be part of the Pecos family Bone appetite and let's celebrate the hunt together
0: Welcome back to The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and special guest Ben Cassidy, Safari Club International's Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs.
2: I can't imagine after this first term what a second term would lead to. It's terrifying to think about because it's every single day a different attack coming in a different way that all adds up to the same thing and it's crushing and shutting down our way of life. It's obvious what they're doing. And we know that our way of life, and I'm talking about hunting, you know, that is an essential tool for conservation we should be proud we should brag on what we do we
1: are the ultimate conservationist be
0: proud to be a hunter and conservationist visit safariclub.org and become a life member today the foul life's sci foul thoughts with chad belding and ben cassidy is brought to you by It, high-vis sites bandit brands lear toppers and corning ford now back to the foul life's sci foul thoughts with chad belding and special guest ben cassidy
1: has safari club as of yet endorsed a nominee for presidential race this year will you
2: no um i mean we'll cross the bridge when we get there you know we have not endorsed it at the presidential level we generally wait for you know nominations to take place
1: okay i was just going into that what you brought up at the end of your comment there and your answer ben cassidy was you just mentioned three areas of access in alaska the hunter safety programs and hunter education programs being shut down across the country there was actually a bill on the table again in the state of california of the 18 and under rule of guns and and youth hunting days and all of that that they actually got some leverage on and then you talk about the lead ban it is scary to think about four more years my question to you going off of your answer just now Is what if Biden was deemed too unhealthy to run again or not competent to run again? Is this just the news? Is he going to be the nominee, you think? Can he, at 80 years old, run, you know, have another, let's say he did get elected. Can he go another four years? I mean, it's like I'm watching a movie. I've never, like, been in such a trance of like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's shaking hands with a ghost. He's doing this. Like, it's almost like they're just playing us. I don't even know how to explain it because every time you say the guy's in comedy you get fight back on it like no he's not yeah. you know and he's getting his his administration to get some leverage and to gain momentum what happens if he's not do you think there's even a chance of that and if so Ben Cassidy Who do we see step in? Do you have any idea right now with you being on Capitol Hill of who would come in there? There's rumors of Michelle Obama. Could Kamala Harris run the United States of America? Like there was some rumblings yesterday of them rebuilding the message that's coming out of the Biden administration for the election. What is on your mind of what could happen if it wasn't Joe Biden?
2: I mean, I think that the betting odds are that he's going to be the nominee. I think it's really a lot more complicated than people, you know, make it out to be for him to not be the nominee. He's got to, you know, personally willfully step aside. I don't see him wanting to do that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's sad. I think anyone, you know, that's just watching it, you don't have to be on Capitol Hill to see it, you know, just turn the TV on seeing a president that's not able to give public comments. I mean, even do like softballs, right? couldn't do an interview for the Super Bowl. Like that's just easy. Um, And when he does, you know, he puts his foot in his mouth and he's always had that proclivity to do it uh, throughout his career as a senator and everything. But it's on another level now. So I think it's just sad and I wish it was only sad, but it's also terrifying um, given, you know, what his job is and who else is watching. It's not just you and me, you know, following along, but it's all the bad guys out there that want to do bad things around the world. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you hear a bunch of names bandied about. I was, I mentioned like, like a Gavin Newsom, you know, not everyone's being coy about being interested in it. Yeah, I've heard the same sorts of names tossed out, but I, I think it's more complicated than anything to have a different candidate running. But hey, I'm saying for this election, just buckle up. It's going to be one for a lifetime. I know it's going to be interesting and take many more turns. So,
1: with all of the things happening right now with former President Trump, I saw his attorney came out and spoke on the New York decision with the, you know, about the appeal that's going to happen. I just can't imagine people taking this serious of all these years in prison, all these fines, the decisions and judgments that are coming down on this man during an election year. They're weaponizing democracy in a way, in my opinion, to slow down the momentum of what we call the Trump train. What do you think about that as a guy that's on Capitol Hill and seeing? that is it weaponizing did you expect that degree of 700 years in prison 385 million dollar fine to be paid if you ever want to buy you can't buy real estate or whatever in new york for two years i mean yeah that's all trump's ever done is built an empire off of real estate like they're taking away his ability to to drive revenue and make money in his life and then they're trying to make sure that he doesn't ever gain any momentum or leverage on the presidency again you're very close to politics ben what are we looking at there? I mean, what is going on with every day you turn around and he's getting tormented? Not to mention a year ago, this time he was getting escorted out of Mar Lago to go to these courthouses and turn himself in. Yeah. Like, what are we watching here? What, in your opinion, what's going down with all of these judgments? Are they serious?
2: Yeah, it's hard to reconcile what is an obvious like double standard. You know, if you just go and look at, you know, this bringing the top secret files to Mar a Lago, bringing them back to Delaware you know, the way Biden was treated besides, you know, the special counsel being honest about his mental state. Uh, I mean, just slap on the wrist, move on, not going to do anything else here. Whereas, you know, with the Trump situation, they just drag him through the mud. I mean, it's just clear, you know, double standard. And I think anywhere you go in the country the people that are paying attention, you know, they're seeing that. And I would just say that if they think it's like working in, against Trump, I think that all it's doing is further emboldening and growing a base of people that are fed up with seeing, you know, a federal government just run amok. Like it's what happens when, you know, the, the head isn't operating, the rest of the body does all sorts of crazy stuff. And that's what you just see across this administration with the appointees having their own agendas. To, you know, his own departments just having their own agendas and just going wild. You know, I think people are looking for someone to just rein this in. Who would that be? I mean, I would say, you know, like a Donald Trump from Ben Cassidy personally. I mean, we've seen what he does already. I don't think it's even a question. He's been pretty clear cut about what his priorities are, right? I mean, he speaks in pretty clear language. It's like, hey, I don't want to start World War Three. Hey, you know- I, I don't want your groceries to be so expensive. I don't want gas to go crazy. And he's not just like pointing these out and saying, I don't want this. There's, there's solutions to it. A lot of the solutions the playbooks already been put out there. You saw for four years that he was there. And those were the best years like we've experienced in how long or ever. It was incredible. And people forget that it's four years ago. Was life better four years ago than it is today. You can't pin it all. You can't pin it all on COVID, you know, it's- at all.
1: I think he did what he said he was going to do. My, my question to you then, Ben, again.
2: Well, his whole mantra when we were in the administration was promises made, promises kept. And it was. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing.
1: Why do some of our allies on the on the Republican side of things go against Trump? Why, why is Paul Ryan saying that he's not part of the establishment and that he's anti-Trump train? And why are they doing that when you when we? it's so obvious that he does what he says he's going to do? What is I don't I don't even understand where the argument is or where the discussion is like you can't come to me and say, well, he sent out mean tweets or he needs to keep his mouth shut. Our country was in a good place from 2016 to 2020. Right. Again, you being so tied to it. Why do you get pushback from our side? When It's almost like if you apply it to hunting, you have all this infighting and hunting. Don't use crossbows. Don't let military hunt on Sunday. Don't use a turkey fan. Don't use a bow to hunt turkeys, which I don't think you should hunt bows or turkeys with a bow. But if you do, okay, if it's legal and ethical, okay, do it. But there's a lot of infighting. Hunters knocking down hunters. When we got enough problems, we got enough antis. Now you apply that on the bigger scale to the world. Why would Republicans be knocking Trump around? Is it jealousy? Is it, am I ignorant not to know the answer to that already, Ben? Like, why would he be getting fighting Against him from the Republican Party.
2: Yeah, I don't know that there's one simple answer for why all of them are, you know, for why everyone that does oppose Trump within his own party opposes him. I mean, delivering results isn't always an easy task and it doesn't always make everybody happy. (laughs) So... It's kind of heavy as the head that wears the crown.
1: Is that a political answer you just gave me?
2: I honestly, I literally cannot answer for you why each individual person doesn't like Trump. I I, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that each individual person, but we can go canvas. No, I I just think literally it's like when you go out and you break stuff up to rebuild it better. Someone's going to get upset that things got broken up regardless of what party they're on. He's a change agent at the highest level. Right. That's why he's electric and people, you know, follow him to the end. For some people, you know, he's changing things that they didn't want to see changed.
1: Yeah. I guess that he, what did you call him? He's a what changer?
2: It's a change agent, agent of change.
1: Agent of change. Yes. Because he's not a a lifelong politician.
2: Right. Just a totally different approach and look at it. You've seen what it can deliver.
1: Well, I'm really a fan of an entrepreneurial spirit, CEO mentality type approach, leadership. Uh, delegating, putting the right people in the right seats on the bus, trusting the people around you, not micromanaging them. I don't know. I, I guess there's a study to be found of like how polarizing Donald Trump is, and and how he's turned people against him that are part of his own party. I'm sure there's a pretty easy answer of why it's happened, and I'm and I'm trying to be too difficult or complex with it. But I, it, when you break it down, I just can't imagine he couldn't come in and fix things. He's a leader. I don't care what anybody tells me. That guy is a leader. And he has been for a long time. Let me ask you one more question about Donald Trump before I get back on the convention. At 76, 77, 70, whatever years old he is, this next term would bring him into his 80s. He's a billionaire. He inherited some money, but I don't care. The guy built a freaking empire. He's done it. American dream. It's not perfect. But what I see from the outside looking in, he's a good dad. Yep, He's close with all of his kids. He's a great grandfather. He said some things about women in the past that that you would probably hear in every locker room around America on both sides, male and female, in my opinion. I've heard people talk like that in sports locker rooms and gyms, wherever you're at. I've heard it. My question, Ben Cassidy, is with Donald Trump being who he is and building what he has – and being at the age that he is and having the family that he does and the lifestyle that he could, he's got a couple jets. He can go anywhere he wants whenever he wants. Why would he want this job? In your opinion, being on Capitol Hill, is it an ego trip? Or can we simply say that this man truly loves America and he wants to see it better and and build part of his legacy is making it better? Like, what is your opinion on that whole approach? The easy answer is, of course, like he doesn't need the $300,000 a year salary or whatever it is. He donated it back his last time in office. Why would a man like that want to take on this again? The media can't stand him. Lawsuits, judgments, all these allegations. The simple answer is just get out of there. Don't do it. But why is he, Ben? Why would he want to put himself and his family through that again, in your opinion? Or is there an opinion on it?
2: I mean, I'd love to hear his answer to the question. And I will say, you know, he has an enormous ego. There's no doubt about it. But I don't see any situation where an ego could take you to the heights that that he's gone to. I don't think that could be your sole driving force. So I think that puts that that aside. I think it has to be care concern and dedication to the country. Right. I mean, to get to, to, to fight to take on like w- with what he has and what he can do at this time, but still take this on. Like you said, why else would you do it? Why else?
1: I don't know. I can't figure it out. I'm a Trump fan. I'll vote for Trump if he's running, which I think he will be. I don't know if you're allowed to even say that on a microphone anymore i don't even know what i can get in trouble for anymore because of the way the world is set up can i believe in what i believe in still and say it out loud and with respect and dignity and not be canceled can i say that i believe in what 2016 to 2020 brought america it wasn't a sham it wasn't a scam it wasn't a it wasn't a mirage out there of fakeness it it was it felt good as an entrepreneur as a businessman the economy trade military border control fuel and oil employment versus not uh, unemployment for all races gun owners defending yourself second amendment 2a nra hunting access conservation Department of the interior being interested in projects that would help all around in our country and the animals and the populations. What am I missing? Ben Cassidy. What am I missing? Why am I the ignorant one?
2: I've never called you ignorant brother.
1: I'm not saying that you did, but I think that people think we are for
2: believing in this. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean one of the million reasons I love, you know, our convention is you get to a place where you got people gathered together that are tired of the wokeness, tired of the cancel culture. And you can just be who you want to be and talk about things how you want to talk. I'm not saying everyone's in unison agreeing on the same candidates or the same approach to running the, the country, but shit, we'll all talk about it. It's campfire style.
1: Talk about it, not judge each other. God, I've just been to NRA conventions so many times, SCI so many times. I was just at NWTF in Nashville where you couldn't even breathe in that room. There was so many people walking the floor. Same as SCI convention. Um, been to many hunting conventions. Delta waterfowl, California Waterfowl Association's annual convention, banquets all over the country, Ben Cassidy. I've been to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Milder Foundation, Pheasants Forever, Quail Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited. You name it, I've been to banquets and conventions all over the year, and so have you. I've never seen as much of an argument, a fistfight, anything, Adam,
2: ever. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, we were at the Jason Aldean concert Thursday night. He even made a comment. He's like, what is up with this crowd? Why has nobody fought yet? No one's kicked out yet. It's like, yeah, that's how we roll. You know, like (laughs) we can work it out. But you have all this infighting and hunting. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it is there's passion around it. We care. Right. People don't give up easily on things that we care about.
1: No, but I'm talking I'm talking about hunters versus hunters in a way of like what social what social media and keyboards have brought to the ability to to be a critic. Yeah, I'm just saying that you don't see a lot of confrontation when all these hunters get together.
2: No, definitely not. It's it
1: should be that way.
2: Yeah, it should. It's awesome. It really is not to be taken for granted.
1: I don't know. I, I just it's a really good discussion of hunters and 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 shooters and Second Amendment two A people that are. I think we're all cut from the same fabric. I know that there that not every hunter is a Republican. I know that for a fact. I question some and their motives and their initiatives and their direction and their messaging. Yeah. I don't understand it. It confuses me a little bit, but I don't get on a soapbox and tell them what to do and and all of that. But I do watch it from afar and and wonder what's going on in some instances. But as a whole, I think we're all pretty like-minded people. And when you mentioned the, the 2024 Safari club international convention, which I didn't want it to end. I was on a call yesterday on another pat call yesterday and our good friend mutual friend Rock Merlow who you got to hang out with he attended the convention for the first time in Nashville and he made a comment on the call yesterday that he will he could he wants to go back now yeah he said that SCI did it so right awesome and got it right the first time and again it's a 50 second one but
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> the energy and the culture and the aura around that room and the events. Is not normal. It's pretty freaking special. And what's really cool is that I think I have some numbers, right? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but about 137 countries represented under one roof. 121 of those countries, I believe, Ben Cassidy, are outfitters, hunts being booked all over the world, money being raised with donations from companies and manufacturers and outfitters and uh, you name it, it's under that roof. Awards being given to people from around the world, the hunter of the year from Spain this year was a great story, a great night of recognition, politicians being recognized for their efforts. There's so much going on and you don't you get FOMO really bad. As exhausting as that convention can be, on your feet all day, then you change straight from your your convention attire straight into your suit. And your—I mean, I was wearing a sports jacket every night, a cowboy hat, and Lucchese boots, and walking into the the banquets with Anna V. and seeing you and Laird, and 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 watching Big and Rich, and going to John Rich's house for the after party, and and watching Foreigner and Thirty Eight Special, and going to the Jason Aldean when Mitchell Tenpenny opened for him. And gosh dang it, man, I felt good. That should be how hunters and conservationists and shooters and gun owners of America feel every day. We should be proud. You said it five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, Ben Cassidy, that we should brag on what we do. Yeah. (laughs) We are the ultimate conservationist. Yeah. If people would have heard what on the call yesterday I was on about what's going on, it was actually a call the day before. We're getting ready to do a project in California, Ben, that is going to blow people's mind. And when somebody says, wait a minute. You shoot some of those, but you just hatched that many of them. I'm not going to give it away in detail because I want it to be somewhat of a surprise. There'll be some stuff coming out on it soon. It's bragging board. It's like, yeah, we did that. Sweet. Yeah, we've done it for years. Yeah, heck yeah. Yes. We care and we're doing something about it. That's why the slogan of SCI is first for hunters. Talk to me real quick, Ben, how important it is to you personally to have allies like Merlot Waterfowl in California. California waterfowl Association how important is this for us to combine our efforts and to see I don't know there's always had there's always been connection I get that but it just seems right now there's a lot of touch points going on with a lot of good hunting conservation advocacy efforts yeah personally how does that make you feel to see that effort coming to where a guy like rock Merlo is recruiting? SCI now. And, 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 and he brings that to the forefront where before he was all California waterfowl, but now he brings CWA and SCI together. How important is that to you personally?
2: I mean, I'd say incredibly important. You know, I, I know just from looking at numbers, you know, as hunters, we're outnumbered by the general population. But I also know in my experience, you know, around politics, which ends up being the front line of defense for, you know, what we love that when we're all united together, as hunters, you know, our mission, our fight, I mean, we're an unstoppable force. And that's what I really think, you know, is the best quality of Safari Club International is that not hunter-specific, not species-specific or location-specific, but bringing it all in where we're able to see the full playing field. But in order to cover that whole playing field, got to have all of our allies working together. You know, it's fun. Last, on a Saturday, I got to go out on a rabbit hunt with a rabbit hunting legend, Charles rabbit, man, Rodney. And he was really clear up front before he's like, Hey, yeah, you're with SCI and supports us. He's like, you're with SCI. I only hunt rabbits though. I was like, Hey buddy, we are all species. I know you're single species. But we get to all species with experts like you on your species. I mean it. I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's we will we, we'll protect the smallest game to the biggest game and fight the smallest fight to the biggest fight. But that requires, you know, Partners and leads. I'm lean on, on 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 Charles not just to help me get you know a rabbit with his six incredible beagles, but also to keep me posted on you know where these threats are, where these opportunities are, so we're able to engage there. So yeah, the the more alliance that we have, the stronger we are. Unstoppable force, no doubt.
1: When you just said lead right there, and I I, I want to stay on the the theme of leadership that we've talked about a lot today. Does Laird K- Hamberlin read cue cards? No. <laughs> the reason I started my Laird Hamberlin discussion with the cue cards is this man is a leader. This, when he gets on stage, I'm like, I wonder if he has a speechwriter. I wonder if he's, cause I like to freestyle, but this man is a freestyler. Yep. I've had meetings with Laird Hamberlin where he walks in the room and demands attention without saying a word. He's got that charisma, but his speaking ability is next level you as an employee of the last five years of your life of Safari Club International you work under his leadership as the president and CEO how good of a leader is Laird Hamberlin is he the best we've seen in a long time in a conservation role like this and how important is is the job of the SCI president and ceo could anybody do it cuz i don't think so i don't think anybody could step in and do that and and organize and and have all these key components because if people just watched for example again the convention if people would have just watched the safari club videos that were going up 2 3 72 hours let's say before the convention doors open the amount of work that went into setting that up the mounts, the taxidermy, the bars, the boost, the, I mean, it's a lot. It's a freaking undertaking. Oh yeah. then on top of that, you still got to be talking policy and bills and everything that's going on behind the scenes. You can't forget about everyday work just because you're celebrating it in Nashville. How good is he? Ben Cassidy. Is he the right man for the job? Are we going to give him an extension? Has he already gotten an extension? Does he read cue cards or is he just that good of a speaker to get up there and deliver the messages the way he does? Do you know where I'm going with these
2: questions? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I think you made a good point with, with Laird, you know, about having a presence when he comes into a room. I think it goes back to when I first met him, you know, interviewing for the job that I have now. Um, I saw it off the bat, you know, that he's, you know, a natural leader. I know that he's worked hard to, to be the leader he is today, but he's also natural at it. I would say, you know, I was involved. I've been involved with SCI for a long time before I worked for SCI. I was a member of the local chapter here, the DC Metro chapter, uh, volunteer in their leadership, you know, and I love SCI to death, but I did see it, you know, kind of on harder times, not really living up to what its mission is of first for hunters. And that's part of what drew me to helping out. But, you know, it was Laird's leadership and him being in the CEO role that really sold me on it and and knew that he would uh, be able to achieve, you know, what he was setting out to do. And I mean, just going back to our, you know, Trump talk and our Biden talk, I'm very big on results, right? I don't think results lie. Uh, I don't think that you can deny the results that Laird's attained, you know, through his leadership over the last five years since he came on board. You know, I was his first hire. So, I've gotten to be along for for the ride since the, the get-go. It's been incredible. You know, it's been a, just to see where it is today and just what the future can hold. So, I think the world of him, I don't think he uses cue cards. I think if I gave him a cue card, he would politely put it in his pocket and not take it out or rudely put it in the trash can because he's got a way with words. He knows what he wants to say. Um, he does it well. So, yeah, I mean, he's natural.
1: Natural. He's actually a hell of a hunter too i mean if you want to brag on somebody i mean he's got the, he's one
2: i don't want to get his head too big though Let's yeah leave it alone you know there.
1: I, I can't do it either because brooke Minx, the who's the president of the safari club international foundation uh we just aired an episode with brooke and and uh laird and they had a pretty good argument going on about yeah. how brooke can't shoot and laird has to back him up and brooke says blair can't shoot and you know it's 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 kind of funny to know that yeah, that yeah. you could be that mature into your hunting career And still have fun with it. You're not supposed to have that much fun hunting, are you? Totally isn't hunting supposed to be
2: just like, Oh yeah. Dead Syria. Yeah. No, no, no joy or pleasure whatsoever. Just, just kill the animal and, and that's <laughs> it. Right. Like let's get it get get rid of the part that's The most fun you'll ever have. Right.
1: But you have somebody in Laird, Hamberlin that has hunted and set over 70 countries that has spread the message of conservation throughout the world, continues to do it with his position as president and CEO of Safari Club International, also the president or the CEO of the Safari Club International Foundation. Now you take into consideration that at this point in his hunting career, a little tiny speckle belly goose or mallard duck or squirrel or turkey can get that man that jacked up to where he loses his mind when it happens that's pretty freaking cool
2: yeah totally you can't
1: replace that that's the best drug in the world there's no drug in the world that can do that
2: yeah just can't yeah and we were hunting uh, turkeys in texas last uh i guess late winter early spring and uh, i got just a total paintbrush Gobbler, it was awesome, and that just set Laird off because you know I, I was first shot out of the blind, and he just spent the next forty eight hours basically working it till the till the last minute before they kicked us out of camp. um He made a count, he came back with two big birds, filled his tag, uh but yeah, he he's driven and he gets fired up by DDT as he calls it, duck steers and turkeys, man. And I mean, he's got the ring, you know, his world hunting ring. He's he's been out and experienced every kind of hunt that you can imagine, but. He still gets fired up, like you said, over those specs and ducks and everything.
1: So, to end our Laird Hammerlin comment, he is the right man for the job, right?
2: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Amazing leader. The
2: best. Great boss. Just strong. Great boss, great friend, huge leader. I mean, yeah, he's it.
1: Yeah, I was very impressed. I'm always impressed by him, but a couple of those banquet nights on the microphone, I was like, man, this – He's really good. And I've been in many meetings or I've seen him speak in California. I've seen him speak other places. But in that audience, you got the who's who of SCI there. There's, you know, you got a lot of members there, potential members. You got a lot of people that have been members for many decades. Yeah. And he's delivering a message that's uniting everybody to where- I don't know if you guys have outgrown that convention center already. There's got there. There's a there's a waiting list. There's there's people that want in. There's this this convention is going to be unbelievable. So I guess we'll end it today with my good friend Ben Cassie, which it was great to see you. Yes. The first time I saw you, I was like, you look like you were kind of on a safari. You had a you had a hat on that I've never seen you wearing. I was I was hoping you'd wear it today. But is that a Redskins hat? That, or oh my God, no, no. what hat are it's you wearing? It's A Redskins
2: hat. Yeah, it's got the R.
1: We're not allowed to say that, and I apologize for saying that oh we are because it was that used to be the football team there yes now it's called the commanders yeah
2: but it's funny like even the owner josh harris the new owner that bought it from dan satan snyder if you ever watch his press uh, conferences he, he only says washington he never says commanders
1: he only says washington and every one
2: of every like redskins fans like maybe he'll change the name i don't think we're going to go back to redskins other than in our campfire conversations but Commanders still hasn't really stuck with me. Just
1: yeah, it's it's kind of like the the Cleveland, you know, the baseball team that used to be there. I don't the Guardians, like what? What do we? What is this George Lucas name in our major league baseball teams now? No, Come absolutely. on, no disrespect to Mr. Lucas. Like you've made some amazing movies. All right, hundred I, percent. I like. Speaking of George Lucas, I think that I'm on a podcast. I think Ben Cassidy, you're like Yoda. You're like the Yoda of Safari Club. You're the one with the brains, right? Right. And then, and then Laird Hamberlin <laughs> delivers the message. No, I just, I'm honored to be a member, a life member of Safari Club. I'm honored to be invited to the convention and work at it and enjoy it and just rub elbows with the people that are there. And, and being transparent the entire week and learning new relationships it's crazy to think that that many hunters can come into Nashville and not one of them wanted to leave that convention. Not one of them.
2: They had to start tearing down our signage to like make it clear. like You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man thank you to nashville thank you to everybody that made the safari club convention happen the host hotels and the omni the grand hyatt the renaissance um and i know i'm missing something but the bridgestone arena jason aldean mitchell tinpenny john rich chris cox 38 special and foreigner big and rich all of the recipients the military awards the the political awards the pack luncheon Our, our, our hunt went for so much money this year. I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. It just makes you feel good that you can be a part of something that's so much bigger than I will ever be, or that these brands will ever be. And I hope that makes sense. We're just a spectacle. We're here for a very short period of time. And then we get to put this hunting legacy back up on the shelf and hopefully somebody new takes it over and carries the flag and, 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 and keeps it going. It has to, it has to. Ben, thanks for being here.
2: Hey, thank you for everything you do, Chad. You know, brothers in arms, no better partner, man. We're getting it done. It was amazing hanging out, finally, in Nashville. It's never in a duck blind. I'm always like, hey, where's the invite?
1: You're invited on that that trip. We just got to tell uh, you and Laird need to be. I already told them that that SCI representation was going to be there, and they're all fine. So. It's going to be an amazing time in Arkansas.
2: When is it not? I love it. I love
1: it, too. I can't wait to see you, my man. We'll get another episode booked soon with the one and only Ben Cassidy, Director of Government Affairs. Is that the right title? Yeah, that's fine. No, what is the title? Vice President?
2: Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs. Thank you.
1: See how humble this man is? (laughs) He was going to let me get off of this podcast (laughs) with just saying director. That's fine. Executive Vice President. Very important position, and he does a hell of a job. And you're a good speaker, too, Ben. Yeah, ben. No more words I have. Just come to the convention next year. If you're not a member of SCI and you're on the fence, come and,
2: and watch. January 22nd to the 25th, 2025. You know where we're going to be. Come on out.
1: January 22nd through the 25th, 2025, Nashville, Tennessee will be the 53rd annual safari club international convention bring it ben cassidy thank you for being here for another episode of the foul life podcast scis foul thoughts oh man i'm fired up can't wait for y'all to enjoy uh more episodes coming up thank you for the downloads the subscriptions watch us on youtube thank you to all of our partners and sponsors and uh become a member a life member go to safariclub.org and read up more about it if you have any questions hit us up at info at thefowlife.com we'll answer any questions you might have on safari club and we hope to see you at the 2025 convention in nashville tennessee like we talked about before or at a banquet in your state chapter or local chapter coming up in the calendar year 2024 thanks for being here talk to you soon
0: awesome Preservation and
2: conservation are two very different things. Preservation is for pickles, right? You put them in a jar, you put them aside, right? Nobody can get to them. You know, conservation is dealing in reality where you're having to actively manage a resource to ensure that it has an abundance for the future as well. You know, we're on team conservation. The other side's on preservation. The
0: Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts is brought to you by Mickey Thompson Tires, Napa Valley Olive Oil, and Kershaw Knives. Chad Building and Ben Cassidy will return after the break. Stick around.
1: I absolutely love the state of Wisconsin. The entire state is full of outdoor activities hunting, bears, deer turkeys, ducks, geese. The fishing is unbelievable. The perch, the walleye, the fish fries, the cheese curds, the entire mentality. They roll out the red carpet and treat us like we are one of their own. We travel to Wisconsin several times a year, chasing the migration, chasing wild turkeys, chasing the walleye, chasing that Friday night fish fry, and I'm telling you, you have to visit Wisconsin for your next outdoor excursion. Get with an outfitter up there, contact us. Travel Wisconsin is the bureau that is making sure Wisconsin's stays in the limelight of everything outdoors. This state has so much to offer. I'm telling you, it is beautiful. It's not what you see when you watch a Milwaukee Bucks game or a Green Bay Packers game or a Milwaukee Brewers game. I love all the sports. I love Bob Uecker, but I absolutely love everything outdoors that the state of Wisconsin has to offer. Get up there. Visit TravelWisconsin.com. Tell them that the Foul Life crew sent you. We can't wait to be back up in the Cheesehead State, eating some curds, at that fish fry, checking out a brewery, or and a walleye at the end of our line. Travel Wisconsin, we are teamed up with them for the next couple years. It's going to be an awesome partnership. Thank you all very much for visiting Wisconsin. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element,
0: motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for mojooutdoors.com today.
1: We started American Almond Beef with the mentality to be different, to set ourselves apart, and that's the road that we're on. Our feedlots are clean. Our feed is different our approach to making sure that our cattle and steers are raised right. There is a story behind American Almond Beef. Northern California ranchers and farmers, the almonds, the commodity business, everything coming together to provide a feed that allows for this marbling, the flavor, the texture, the finish. American Almond Beef is where it's at. I'm telling you, get an order placed, try it for yourself, and you will not go back to regular store-bought beef americanalmondbeef.com thank you very much for the support we can't wait for you to try it
0: That's it for today's episode of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with host Chad Belding and special guest Ben Cassidy. Safari Club International's Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs.
1: Ben Cassidy, thank you for being here for another episode of The Foul Life Podcast, SCI's
2: Foul Thoughts. Hey, thank you for everything you do, Chad. You know, brothers in arms. No better partner, man. We're getting it done. Oh man, I'm fired up. Chad Belding, Ben Cassidy, thanks for being here. Talk to you soon.
0: Listen to every episode of The Foul life's SCI foul thoughts by heading to thefoullife.com or on your favorite streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iHeart, or Spotify. And to become a member of Safari Club International, head for safariclub.org.
1: Thanks for listening and always keep it foul.